welcome to Forever Canon, the, po- the podcast where we talk about uh, how nobody is safe and no one can be trusted. Repeatedly. I'm Justin. I'm Tim. I almost said I'm Tim. <laughs> you did. And this week on the podcast, we're going to cover chapters 21 through 24 of <laughs> Christy Golden's book five, Fate of the Jedi series, Allies. There we go. Got it. <laughs> and this week is a special week because I am two and a half tall boys deep. That is not a thing I do on the podcast. No, never. Normally, you know, we might sit down and like start one and then like have one while we do the podcast. But not this week, folks. This week. We're two days late. Yeah, I was a, I was a little late to the party this <laughs> Our time. Our teeth are freshly drilled. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it's time to smash some cans if you know what the fuck I'm stone cold saying. Oh. I'm sure Tim would pipe in and, and bail me out while I'm drinking if I wouldn't make him laugh so hard yeah. all the time. Listen, let's, Jesus, let's get to it. Disaster. Previously on Bump a Bum. Previously on Forever Canada. Why are you frowning at me? Mara wants Luke to go to the Maw. Sith be Sith. Helpless elderly dogs look to Lando and Jaina. The sword's verdict is meaningless. And murder on the temple steps. Go. I like that one. A little dramatic towards the end. I like that one. Well, that's what happened. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And chapter 21 picks up at the Jedi Temple on Coruscant. Directly on the temple steps. Where Connie Asari has just been murdered by Beloth Rack or whatever his name is. Yeah. The Mandalorian in charge of the Siege of the Jedi Temple has just shot a Jedi apprentice to death from a distance of one foot on the steps of the temple. And now the Mandos are letting the Jedi know they've got 24 hours instead of the aforementioned. 48 now they've down to 24 for trying to negotiate yeah <laughs> now you're down to 24 hours to hand over the crazy jedis and anyone who isn't crazy will be killed as will anyone who tries to recover the body of connie asari yeah this is some dark medieval strategy type of shit yeah you know? it it works there's a reason they used it. Well, yeah, it's effective, but damn, man, that's gross. <laughs> so bad. In, in terms of like everything that they're going to do is going to reflect back on Dala. She hired them, mm-hmm. right? So them, let's say the siege goes on for days. Them leaving a dead woman on the steps of the Jedi Temple uh. for days. You know, if, if the promise rings true for that long. Whatever is happening here is going to reflect on her at some point. She is responsible for the actions here, you know? Yeah. And the, now the move is in a, in a, a, my cat is snoring in between me and Tim right now. 
<laughs> it's goddamn hilarious. That's awesome. But in an attempt, <laughs> in an attempt to intimidate the Jedi, right? This is like, this is like, hey, I'm gonna leave a reminder on your front door of what happens if you don't give me your crazy Jedi. Yeah, the whole or else kind of deal. Yeah. Oh yeah. That, yeah. That. <laughs> <laughs> the masters are furious, wouldn't you know? And many of them are ready to act rashly, impetuously. Yeah, Kip Kip was ready to just go out there and grab her right then and there. And I thought, couldn't you all just kind of do that? Couldn't for sure seven of you jump out and deflect laser blasts and one of you sneaks the body in? Like, come on. There's a whole Jedi temple of Jedi trapped in here. Yeah. You could put it together a, a recovery team as 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 at least a, as a middle finger, if nothing else. And they have a loophole that they, they didn't write into the book, but they could have just force levitated her in. They said nobody better come out and re- retrieve the body. He, they could have. I go, thought of that too. I was like, can you just open the door and sneak her in? Yeah, just float <laughs> her like, over. Just zip her up in the air down a chimney or something. <laughs> <laughs> are they? What are they gonna do? Blast her to bits? probably (laughs) yes and then like now you're winning the pr battle (laughs) yeah if you're not already yeah seriously and so everybody's ready to freak out and do their own thing but grandmaster corn no nope that's wrong that's wrong tim yes that's the next line down is that name spoiler alert but right now it's grandmaster kent hamner (laughs) Telling everybody that now is not the time to act. <laughs> when is the time to <laughs> no act, shit. Then They just murdered one of you yeah. on your front door. She had her hands up in the whole bit. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's inexcusable. Nope. There's no... What? Okay, so when is the time to act? This guy... I mean, if... If ever there... If ever there was... To be a vote of no confidence called in Chancellor Valorum his leadership. Now's the time. Yeah. Because like Kent Hamner, so a Jedi got murdered on the steps of the temple and he's like, well, 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 wait a minute. Anything yeah. we do right now is going to be. Yeah, that's what they want. Just a rash reaction. We don't want to react. We want to. Ooh. I don't know. What? When then? If not now, then when? Yeah. Do you do a thing? Spoiler alert. Fulfilled. Cornhorn. Cornhorn. <laughs> Good old Cornhorn. I remember says, that one. Hey, 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 listeners. That's a callback. Hey, listeners. If you remember the Cornhorn kerfuffle, <laughs> let us know, man. Let us know. Uh, let us know on Twitter at, at, at jplazer. What or what's your thing? What's I don't your, know. Tim doesn't know his Twitter, but he's got one. Come on, find him. <laughs> Good luck, sir. <laughs> but seriously, no, no, no. Or email us at forevercanonpodcast at gmail dot com. If you remember the cornhorn kerfuffle, get at me, bro. I got to because you're an OG. You're an OG listener. If you remember the cornhorn kerfuffle, and. Also, if you're detective enough to want to try and go and find it and pretend to be OG, I respect that too. Yes. But at this point, Cornhorn says, quote, no one is safe. No one can be trusted. Not the GA, 
not Dalla, not anyone. We're on our own. Yeah. And it made me think of this question. Should we ever have trusted Dalla? I mean, no offense to her. But she just came flying out of the nowhere of the galaxy to save the day as a pirate crew at the end of the last civil war. And then she gets handed the reins to the entire presidential effect of the galaxy. And why did we ever trust her? Yeah. They just said, just here because you go. She stopped Jason in one battle, the second battle of Fondor, I think. Yeah. And I think she didn't have any, uh, as far if as I'm anyone, right, let me know. As far as anyone knew, she didn't have any like galactic alignment. So they're like, you're a good person. Or any to win. political aspirations, uh, to any yeah. degree. Which is probably why she seemed like a good choice. But hasn't she always had a rock hard throbbing hate on for the Jedi? Yeah, she's never because like a Jedi them. killed her husband or something. Yeah, and I think that, and I, I'm pretty sure. And I think she just doesn't trust something she can't understand. I might have just made that up. Also that, because yeah. she's like military brain, right? Yeah. But she's not acting military brain no. at all lately. No. Saying things like, am I being a bad guy? And then I'm going to give him something to cry about. Like I say every week, oh, I woke up Dennis with my impression of Dala. So sorry, Dennis. He's now, all right. Now, should we have trusted Dala? That is its own question. Mm-hmm. That's in the rear view. In the frontal view is the question of should we trust Admiral Nek Buatua? No, I didn't say that right. Buatu. <laughs> Buatua. I, say, I don't know. Why I, was I don't know. Be. I don't know. Should we trust him? Because he calls up Hamner now uh, talking about how I know you've got all those stealth X's ready to launch and stuff and how talking about Dahl is going to blow all of them up and the Jedi and the GA are both going to lose if that happens. If you launch, she's going to take it as an act of aggression directly against her. And she's going to blow all of you to smithereens with the entire force of the Navy at her back feeling attacked, right? Yeah, she would blow the Jedi Temple off the map. Question he has, why? Why? Do you guys have all these stealth X's happening anyways? Hush, 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 hush. <laughs> can't talk about that yet. But he calls Hamner and they start putting together a deal. Yeah. Because even though Buatu might be Dala's little boyfriend, he swore an oath to protect and uphold the goodness of the Galactic Alliance. Yeah, you, you, you know? It, not to the the government, but to the Galactic Alliance itself, like to not the to community. The yeah, to yes. the community of the Galactic my Alliance. My loyalty is not to the office of chief of state or my girlfriend. Yes. My loyalty is to the betterment of the Galactic Alliance. And thus, a bargain is struck. Buatu tells Kent Hamner, launch when I say so, and the Galactic Alliance Navy will do everything it can to protect the exit of the stealth axes from Coruscant. You have all these ships ready to go off on the secret mission. If you do it when I say so, I can help you. Of course that, 
you know, it starts with like a, ah, oh, don't tell me what to do. And that's a trap and, you know, yeah. all, all that stuff. But eventually they decide between the two of them, we're both military men. We can work it out. We want the best. We want to follow the logical course of action. The deal is made. But Boatu comes back around with that question. What's the deal with all the stealth exes? Why? Where are you going and what are you doing? If you're not attacking, attacking, mm-hmm. if you're if your tactics are not to be attacking Admiral Dalla, chief of state now, her boyfriend, also an admiral. That's cute. Yeah. If you're not attacking her, what are you doing with the stealth exes? Why do you got so many of them? What exactly is at stake here? Kent Hamner, acting grandmaster of the Jedi Council, said gravely and quietly, perhaps the fate of the galaxy. Don't you think that's a bit melodramatic? And I laughed so hard at that line. I don't see how the thought of an entire planet full of Sith and a mysterious malevolent being in the Maw who can control Jedi all over the galaxy is melodramatic. Not at all, he said. If anything, it's an understatement. Kent Hamner getting all serious with Admiral Boatu, telling him, Help me, Obi-Wan Kenobi. You're my only hope. The fate of the galaxy rests in your hands. Yep. Essentially, like these are the stakes, though, right? Especially as far as 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 far as the Jedi would would be considering it, there is an evil presence in the Maw, breaking your Jedi, and a newly discovered planet of Sith that have essentially captured Luke Skywalker and his son Ben. Yep. And it's definitely not overstating it in any way. <laughs> no, but that's why I love that line of, isn't that a bit melodramatic? Because of course it is. Yeah. All of Star Wars is very melodramatic. And that's, you know, that was like a very self-referential or like a self-aware sentence given to, uh, it's given to Boati, but like, isn't that a bit melodramatic? Yeah. Isn't the princess on the on the hologram coming out of the robot's head telling you you're my only hope? Like this is that. This yeah. is you know <laughs> the same sort of scenario. But yes, very melodramatic. <laughs> the fate of the galaxy is at stake. No big deal. Isn't it always? Why else would we we would why why else would we be telling these stories in these books if the entire fate of the galaxy wasn't at stake, right? We go back to the last book series, Jason, going to take over the whole galaxy. Go back to the last book series, the bugs, going to take over the whole galaxy. <laughs> go back another book series, those extra galactic invaders, going to take over the whole galaxy. Like, yeah. Let's say we're, we're living in this world. Why else are we telling the history of these stories if not because they are such wide reaching experiences and like uh they cast such a, a broad shadow across the entire galaxy right yeah when There's you such monstrous events when you live in a galactic community where you can go from one side to the other in a few weeks right right then everything the side you can reach yes yeah, the small stuff that happens like the little things that break out wars on a planet like don't between and yeah. Like, yeah they, they matter but 
until there's a lot of them popping up at the same time. Yeah, and, and then it becomes a galactic issue. But like, yeah, you know, or in the uh, yeah, just the taking the books for like uh, for realism type of strategy. Why else would we be talking about nine books of a thing if it wasn't a very very big deal? Yeah, of course it's melodramatic, right? It's fiction. Yeah. <laughs> Even nonfiction history very melodramatic. I don't know if you know. Yeah, yeah. The, people don't like to write about the boring shit. Well, <laughs> that's exactly my point. Yeah, we skipped two whole years between these two series. Four, if you're a child. Chapter twenty-two. Off to Tahiri's trial, with no headings. It's weird every time. Tahiri is called to the stand to testify, and her lawyer, Aramuth Buatu, Admiral Neck's uncle, Dalla's boyfriend's uncle, has Tahiri fully prepared for the examination on the stand. Though, his strategy is, quote, just tell the truth. Yeah. No offense. Sounds bad. Yeah, it does. Hey. <laughs> hey, I murdered a man in cold blood. Yeah. Just tell the truth. A defenseless... That sounds bad. 92-year-old man. Yep. And, well, she follows it, his advice of tell the truth, and it goes bad. She admits to murdering Pelion, admits that it was not a direct order from Jason Solo. Mm-hmm. It was, you know, an implied thing. And it's the Whoops. whole time he, her lawyer, look, it says it multiple times. It looks like he doesn't really care that that all this is going on. He's just kind of bored. Yeah, he's like playing cool guy while yeah. the prosecution is attacking Tahiri on the stand. And they're having this whole, as you do on any episode of Law and Order mm-hmm. or Judge Judy even. This whole back and forth, or maybe, if you will, liar, liar. Yes. You know, the two lawyers are butting heads professionally over their own reputations and whatever. They're disrespecting each other on personal and professional levels. But the two of them are really battling each other. I'm doing weird finger gestures. Yeah. But. That's all for my bad. You know, and that's kind of going through the whole the whole thing. And I like that. I like this competition between the two lawyers yeah as much as it's about tahiri and her guilt or innocence it's also always about win the case if you're a lawyer right yeah like your your reputation your esteem your future all depends on it yep every time yeah and that's you just you go in doing the best you can do and her lawyer seems confident yeah just (laughs) tell the truth well like i said whoops she admits all those things and then she goes on to recount just how manipulative and evil Jason had become. Using the flow walks, the visits back to Anakin, and almost having a kiss, and just having a kiss, and always pulling her away at the last second to like rip the scab off on the way with him, you know, type of yeah. thing. Every time she's about to get a little bit of closure and healing out of this this horrible wound of her childhood love exploding. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how else to say it, man. There's no really other way to say it. That's what happened. Good God, bro. 
But, you know, she's recounting all this stuff for the jury and, and, and for the trial. And it's at this point, when she's talking about the flow walks back to see Hannikin, that Dab Hantak makes his comeback into the series. Mm-hmm. The one-time government observer of Jaina and surgically altered to identically resemble Anakin Skywalker. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, dude. Walks in when she's half in tears already. Did you see this coming at all? Did you even remember this guy existed? Not even a little bit. Nope. Me either. Tahiri is on the stand, opening all these old wounds, like you said, pouring out her heart exactly at this moment when not Anakin steps into the courtroom. This was super powerful. Mm-hmm. And I was I was totally blindsided. Yeah, I, I, was I bought like, it. Oh my god, I forgot that guy. What the fuck is he doing there? Yep, that was immediately what I thought. What the hell is he doing there? And then I remembered the beginning of this chapter, where the crowd of the of the trial, the crowd, not the jury, is emptier than normal. Because the Jedi Temple is under siege. Mm-hmm. And Aramuth had told Tahiri, quote, to expect fewer friendly faces in the crowd. Mm-hmm. And wouldn't you know it, he, her lawyer, set this appearance up. And it just so happened to pull off at exactly the right time. And, you know, it's beautiful courtroom drama. Yep. On top of all the already great objection and overruled and all, all that kind of stuff, right? Like, <laughs> they're going back and forth on a lot of things, the two lawyers, and uh, it's tasty. This li- this lawyer's brilliant, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and so he walks in, dab Hantak, and Tahiri's complete genuine shock is used to sell empathy to the jury. She even calls him mannequin. Because, yeah, she whispers it into the mic as she sees him. She goes, Anakin. Yeah. And everybody's heads turn to the back of the courtroom. And there is what Anakin would look like at 30-whatever-odd years old. 29-odd years old, right? But he never lived to reach that age. And so Dab Hantak walks in. Did I say that name right at that time? I think it is. I think so. Tahiri has a moment of just... I don't know if shock is even the right word. Like, she is just transcended reality. Yeah. <laughs> Into a moment of like... As I'm talking about using the force to go back in time to see Anakin, his future self walks through the door. (laughs) Yeah. Like I can't even imagine where she's at. No. Psychologically right there. Right. And so, you know, Aramuth asks for a recess and the judge says 10 minutes. They go back to the table and she's furious. Uh, Yeah. And he tells her Aramuth, her lawyer, when we win, 
you'll have the rest of your life to despise me and my tactics. And I was just like, hot, furry little damn. That's a good line. Yeah. That is a good line. Side note. Multiple characters have thought to themselves, for Star's sake. Yes. That's but new. That is new. It's pretty lubed. <laughs> Chapter 23. Aboard the Jade Shadow. Where I finally put some initials. <laughs> in the uh what's the, this called the, the margins. margins in the margins because main characters show up for the first time this episode <laughs> the rock hound looking like an ugly bug according to the two teenage passengers of the jade shadow oh they think alike yeah they both think the rock hound with its protruding legs from the belly and its Armored-looking, segmented carapace type of top. Yeah. Looks like a bug, and it's disgusting. And I just think, of course they think alike, right? Mm-hmm. Because they're soulmates, bro. They're not just like... Here's the thing. Here's the thing about our main character Star Wars cast through the history of the books that I know. Our... Legacy of the Force, Fate of the Jedi cast. They don't often run through love interests. No. There will be one fake out and then a real thing. Right? Yeah. Like Luke has, you know, Lumaya and then he ends up with Mara. Mm -hmm. Uh, Jason has Danny Kui and he ends up with Tahiri. Not Tahiri. Fuck. Tenelka. Yeah. (laughs) You know? Um that kind of thing where you have like a one-off fake out. Jaina has Zek and maybe Jag and it ends up Jag or maybe not because the ring is off. But I think this is the perfect time to break that expectation. Mm-hmm. And I really do think we are sticking these characters together permanently. Yeah, for... Like in a very... Yeah, if not permanently, (laughs) like a very long-standing sort of Yeah, extended period of time. Yeah, they think alike. They even see spaceships the same way. You know, spindly legs, ugly bug. Yep. But the Rockhound has Lando aboard, and he wants to meet with Luke to tell him a secret. So he leaves. Ben, in charge of... The Jade Shadow. Ben, you're in command. Luke says, keep an eye on her, Ben. Speaking of Vistara, not the Jade Shadow. (laughs) Keep an eye on her, Ben. She's likable, and I know that. But you don't like her. I don't trust her. I don't trust her either. Not after what I heard. In the silence. The unspoken sentence. But I still like her. Hung between them. That is some nice little writing. Like, yeah, that is a very succinct conversation to get both of their complex feelings across. Mm -hmm. Luke doesn't hate her. He doesn't hate any of the Sith. They just are evil. Yeah. So he doesn't dislike Vistara. He just doesn't trust her. And Ben having now been revealed the conversation she was having with her dad. You know, entwine yourself with him and overtake him based on his emotions type of thing. Now Ben is saying, I don't trust her. 
but he's not saying I don't like her, and that's the unspoken sentence between them. Like that was just well, it was that was it well was written, really it was well worded. It was, uh, I don't know, it was even it's even like you know like a nice I don't know symmetrical layout of it, and the, and the, I don't know, yeah. the way it worked out in the print. It's good. That's good. I just bumped a zipper on a metal thing, so sorry to anybody that heard that. But <laughs> Ben doesn't say it, but wouldn't you know it, he still likes her. And yeah. guess what, Tim? I like her too. Yeah, we've liked her since she's uh, super cool. Appearance one. And to be fair, she has yet to do anything particularly evil. No. Um, other than try and kill Luke, that's about it. That's not... That's not evil, either. No, that's two sides of a, armies, right? Yeah. That's two sides of an eternal war coming into contact with each other. And she hasn't done anything twisted or dark or, like, subversive or, or disgusting or, or hard to look no. at. Nothing objectionable, really, at all. She's saved Luke Skywalker's life. She's saved Dion Stad from desecrating the magic fountain of dog people. She turned all the night sisters over. Yeah, but with what intention? Now, this is a bad argument for slavery. But <laughs> with the intention of integrating them. This is a better life for them. They don't know it yet, but we're taking them to a better life. Okay. So that's a bad argument by me. Good one by you. But that was the only thing I could come up with either. Yeah. And really, that's it. Like, she's not been particularly evil. And to the that point of selling the Death of Miri sisters out and, like, tricking them and were abducting them to teach them magic and learn from them, Luke and Ben weren't really bothered by that. No, it was... So, like, you know what I mean? Like, that's evil not on a, evil, kind That of. doesn't stick into their morality very, very poorly. What has she really done that's been evil? Would they be upset that she was willing to kill her pet that she'd had forever? Right at the beginning? I don't think they'd be upset about it because she's a Sith and they have already all these expectations of her. Yeah. And so I guess what we should be doing is weighing her actions against their expectations of how evil and yeah. irredeemable and invaluable <laughs> the Sith are, right? Yeah. Because what has she done to disprove her value or worth as a force user and like a, a, a yeah, human being, you know, she is, she hasn't done anything but as in, but good things really for them. Exactly. Ben yeah. likes her and I do too. Yeah. But Ben is tired of this whole Sith versus Jedi game. He just wants to love. Mm hmm. Oh, PS. I don't know if you caught this, but Luke says to Ben, the iconic. No. I'm your father. Yes. Because <laughs> Ben's like, what are you reading my mind or something? And Luke's like, no, I am your father. And then he had tagged something. on. Yeah, it's my know. job or it's something. It's my job. It's yeah. my job. Yeah. And I was like, oh, that was subtle. And I almost missed it. Yeah. But he says to his own son, he repeats the line from his dad, Darth Vader. <laughs> and he says, no, I am your father. Simba, <laughs> everything the light touches is your kingdom. Scar, brother. It's, you know, it's all James Earl Jones. Yes, it is. Don't hit a baseball over his fence either because 
He's got a scary fucking big dog. Big ass dog. Oh, fuck that Cujo dog. <laughs> Ah, <laughs> uh, uh, oh, how, how we just bounced from Star Wars: The Lion King to Sandlot was that was a fun journey. Thanks, James Earl Jones. Is he still alive? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, he was on Big Bang Theory too a few years ago. You just invented a word, didn't you? No. Oh, uh, sound like you said cu- a, a cup few. <laughs> no. Like, I, wa- uh, I was, was going to say Big, a couple. He was on Big Bang Theory. He was on Big Bang Theory a couple years ago. I was going to say a couple, so maybe I did say a couple. No, maybe you didn't. Listen, listeners, let us know. Let's get the a few, a few cups ago. Track here. A couple cups ago. Speaking of which, marker. Cut to Luke meeting with Lando and Jaina unexpectedly yep. aboard the Rock Hound, and nobody can figure out what the Sith are up to, man. We barely know them. This is uh, my summary of the conversation that they're having. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) We don't know what they're doing. We don't even know them. Why did they try to take a piece of the fountain? Why did they, why are they teaming up with us? What is happening at the mall? What's, what are they doing? I would like to know what happened to the pieces they cut off. Where did they go? Yeah. Cause they just disappeared. Yep. And no, they didn't. No. (laughs) I would really like to know that. Yeah, me too, man. And I hope that's important later. You know? Because why not? Yeah. Especially if you're just going to so sneakily, underhandedly sweep it under the rug in like two mentions. Mm Mm-hmm. You know? They say it at the trial that Lando and Jaina are presiding over. Luke says it, or they tell Luke here. Yep. That's... And it's like one part of a sentence every time. It's not really focused on that it's just disappeared. And nobody goes, but did it really? And that's what makes me suspicious, yeah, right? Yeah, no, no one's being suspicious. Nobody is suspicious, <laughs> and I'm like, that's sus. <laughs> so, in regard to the Clatooine situation, Luke says, quote, I didn't come here to start a revolution. Cool. I bet you Luke would say the same thing about, well, Dathomir back in the day. Mm-hmm. Keldor in book one. The Ang T in book two. Sinkhole stationers, all of them, their whole lives you riled up. Went back to Dathomir and fucked all that up again. Yep. I didn't come here to start a revolution. Yeah, but you do everywhere you go, man. And you, uh, according to, you know, the visit to Dathomir, where they're like, the first time you came here 20 years ago, you revolutionized having men in the world as respected pieces of the puzzle. He started his whole Star Wars career on uh, being a rebel. Now they go back there and it's like, ah, now you've joined men and women together. You're overcoming all this inherent problems that we have because you're a goddamn revolutionary yep all these places all these places and the list goes on and on of books that we haven't read yet i listed five things out of these five books yeah yeah he leaves the yang t with this uh, philosophical problem about whether fate is real or not and he leaves them he leaves the keldor uncovered in their little hidey hole in their secret society of knowledge that they keep in the basement. Mm-hmm. Like, 
everywhere he goes, he's underturning the rock, overturning the rocks, and uncovering all of the bugs and grubs underneath that nobody wants to pay attention to. Type of thing. I know. I'm back to Lion King. It just got very Timon and Pumbaa. Yeah. But, oh, those bugs. Bugs have never looked good before as an appetite sort mm-hmm. of situation. Yeah. But anyways, everywhere he goes, he can't help it. He is. He. Luke Skywalker is revolution. Yeah, he's a changer. He and changes now, everything. And now think about where he's sitting during this book. He is in between the Sith and the Jedi and Mm -hmm. has already formed this revolutionary alliance Mm -hmm. out of necessity. Of course. Between the Sith and the Jedi. But if this is where he's sitting right now and literally saying out loud, I didn't come here to start a revolution. (laughs) (laughs) What revolution is about to happen between the Sith and the Jedi? That's where he is. That's what he is. Yeah. He is revolution. He is change. Like you said, ever since the first time we met him, he's like, government's bad. Overthrow that. Yeah. And he, <laughs> he didn't want to be one of the faces of the rebellion. He just was. He just is, as they would say in the Wheel of Time, Taveran. He is chosen. He is fate. He is fucking revolution. Cut to Master Skywalker chewing out Lord Talon over the glass fountain? Glass fountain counting for Fuffle. Kerfuffle? This is tough. Uh, It's some sort of awful. Luke Skywalker is mad at Lord Talon about leaving Sith behind to try and steal pieces of the fountain on purpose. I know you did it on purpose. Yeah, he he gets... It, Luke says, yeah, whatever you say, I know it. Shut up. Yeah. And so the two of them move past that into this conversation about what we're going to do next. How do we attack the Maw? What is our real plan and here is everything in tidbits. Uh, number one, Luke wants to fix Sinkhole Station secretly. Mm-hmm. He doesn't want to tell the Sith that. But him and Ben think it's key to keeping Abeloth trapped in the Maw. We talked about that. Mm-hmm. And it's was very plainly given to us as the case. When they were on Sinkhole Station, there was graphics of the entire setup of the black holes in a ring around the Maw. There was blinking alarms about the station failing and one of the black holes moving out of alignment, right? Yeah. Obviously, it's important yeah. to keep that and, station online. And when it started to go off, like started yes. to go offline, that's yes. when people started going crazy too. That's apparently when Abeloth became able to reach beyond the Maw. Mm-hmm. So never mind contain her physically. Yeah. Right? We're talking about containing her influence, which can reach across the galaxy, if not jailed by a ring of black holes. So once again, I'm going to ask you this pointedly as I literally pointed at you. Yes, I'm being pointed at. Who or what is Abeloth? Something so powerful 
to need this sort of a prison. A Jedi needs a little lizard. <laughs> right? That's true. She needs a system of orchestrated, synchronized black holes to imprison her influence. Yeah. What or who? Seriously, I want you to try and answer uh, the best of what you think right now. What is Abloff? Yeah, the, the last time you answered <laughs> last time you asked me this question is my answer is gonna be the same. She is the original, like maybe if maybe not the original Sith, but like original Force user who got just too powerful and ended up being trapped somehow. Killix saw it. But like the original force user, why did she need to be trapped? She just got overly is powerful. She like, is she like, because she got powerful or because she got evil? No. Is she like, uh, is she like, um, oh boy, having a hard time thinking of the devil's name before he got cast out Lucifer? of heaven? <laughs> yeah. Is this like a Lucifer thing? No. He Where would- like. You know what I mean? Like, you're one of the original, powerful, chosen, and you need to be cast out and imprisoned deep and beneath. And we represent that by endless holes. Yeah. <laughs> and <laughs> I'm not sure that's not meant to be a leading uh, description, but yeah. like, I just thought, thought that, that seemed cool. That's good. Not, and I maybe just really powerful got too powerful. So somehow they managed to so the trap her. Yeah, trap her in there. And she, she became evil after she was there. Just going crazy. That's why her isolation and madness has driven. That's her. why Ben feels the need, the longing. She wants friends and she wants people because she, she's been alone all this time. That's what made her go crazy. And that's why her desire defines her presence. And all the, all the people she's influencing and the 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 force users at Sinkhole Station said this that they're just she's calling them to her, she's calling them home because right. she wants people. She's lonely. But what if there's more to that? I'm sure. What if there is she's more not just lonely? And what if her loneliness is driving some other plan? I'm I don't sure. know. I'm sure, I'm out in left field. I remember tidbits. I remember keywords of who and what she's all about i didn't i read through it so fast in such a blazing hurry of excitement mm-hmm. you know the way that we're reading these now is so different yes she's fascinating master skywalker wants to fix sinkhole station to keep that fascination in the maw. It seems important to him. And Ben, during this conversation with Luke and Talon, gets to watch Luke repeatedly, lowercase f, force away his rising anger. Mm-hmm. With Talon and the Sith and their lies and their clear bullshit. <laughs> I mean, like, you know. Yeah, they're, obvious. They're blatant about it. It's it's he's not He's not trying to pretend he's not lying. They just, they're Sith. Also, during this conversation, Ben gets to reflect on the messy reality of revolution. Which is good at his young age if he's going to be constantly changing the entire galaxy like his dad everywhere (laughs) he goes. 
You know, he thinks about it. There is no way to have these massive changes, you know, slavery, Clatooine, Sith versus Jedi. There is no way to have revolution without loss and violence, you know? Mm -hmm. And this is occurring to Ben at age 16 now. Yeah. Having murdered a prime minister having he's been through some shit worked for a sith lord having been the son of the grandmaster yeah having saved tahiri from an atomic bomb at the bottom of a pit oh that was nice and the dark side mm-hmm. now he's like ah shit's messy huh <laughs> and then luke says quote here we go. Here we go. He says it almost under his breath, I think, in the scene. Mm-hmm. With Ben and Vistara in seats behind him in the cockpit of the uh, Jade Shadow. He says, here we go. And we, and Luke and Ben and Vistara, and the Sith, a whole fleet of them. Mm-hmm. And Lando. And Lando and the rockhead bug ugly ship. Yeah. Head into the Maw in search of Abeloth. And I am scared, Tim, because Luke is old and tired. They mentioned it once in this four-chapter thing that he looks exhausted. Yes. They mentioned it once in this little chunk. Truly, though, the power that we've seen Abeloth wield, how does Luke Skywalker (laughs) compete with that at all? No. Especially if she has the ability to turn swaths of Sith against him. Yeah. You know, like if there's that many people nearby him mm -hmm. to be turned into an army against you type of thing. What the fuck is he going to do? He could barely fight off Vistara and her master. Mm Mm-hmm. What? does he plan to do i guess his plan is just fix sinkhole station yeah keep the prisoner in solitary and get out of there with our asses on fire and yeah i think in his mind even if we don't get out yeah to keep that trapped in there because this is the thing maybe that drove jason mad Mm -hmm. this might be the threat that was threatening enough <laughs> yeah. to, to push Jason over the to the dark side, you know, in defense of his daughter and her future and mm-hmm. the, the galaxy itself. But I'm scared because Luke is old and tired. Chapter 24. Dala is not tired. But Dala is almost horrified at the hollow news view of Connie Asari dead on the temple steps. But now nah, almost that's their fault. almost yeah but no that's their fault again all right you know like i i don't know where her thinking and logic is anymore she's hard she's hard to she's inconsistent she didn't give the order she's hard to technically (laughs) she sees the clatooine news as well is shocked and then She's just happy that stupid Maudie Vaunt isn't doing the reporting. Mm-hmm. Again, I don't understand. 
like very clearly focused on the wrong things. Yeah. For being, you know, like a master tactician and a super forward thinker and like a mm-hmm. smart person. Yep. She's not, she's not acting like that. And then after she sees this on the news and has a little chat with Windorvan, she decides that some planet she nor I have ever heard of. Yeah. Blaudu Sextus. This planet must not fail. Its government of slavery must not be overthrown or else that will be the domino that tips and sends the whole galaxy into upheaval. This planet that we've never heard of before yeah. the sentence, which is fine to invent a new place, right? Yeah, it, oh, yeah, it, yeah. It's your story. It's your book. Make your shit. But for her to say in the text, I've never heard of this place, and then go, I care a lot about what happens there now, is to, you know, asynchronous it, things that are dissonant, and it's not, it doesn't match up very well. No. It's, and... And it doesn't seem like her way of thinking. No, definitely not how she was, well, before the last couple of books, anyways. Yeah, her prioritizing skills have fallen off. (laughs) And I just, again, again, I'm just thinking, why? What? And why? Why must this government not fall in the revolution of abandoning slavery? Why? So she has a plan. Here's how we keep slavery intact <laughs> on Blaudu Sextus, this mm-hmm. brand new planet. Yeah. Maybe. Could be old as fuck. Like, it could be just you cherry picked out of a mention of any EU novel out of the whole yeah. 250 of them or whatever, right? But I don't know. It's brand new to me. It's very important, though. So Dala decides to send Mando's there. To quell the uprising before it really starts. Here's a question. How do you think they're going to do that? Answer. Murder. Yeah, I already saw it. <laughs> seen it. Exactly. We've seen it. And this again, she's like, oh, I'm going to send Mandos. She's clearly gone crazy. Yeah. But why? Is it Abeloth? I think so. It's got to be, right? Yeah. Well... She was in the Maw for so long. There's no way... That she didn't have to form some sort of unintentional connection. Yeah, just the close proximity to and, the and, prison. And the entire history of Dala, Natasi Dala, is logical tactician who wins everything by outthinking all of her opponents, much like, you know, name your Chiss. Much mm-hmm. like, name your Zizor. Like a lot of the good bad guys are smart. Yeah. Right. Why is she doing so many stupid things? It's gotta be that broken black hole prison, letting that influence seep out. Right. Yeah. It's definitely reaching Coruscant. We've seen like six Jedis go batshit crazy there. <laughs> so send the Mandos to Bladu Sextus to keep slavery intact. Yeah. Imagine, the, what they would do to uprisers when the guy shot a girl right in the face. He shot a Jedi apprentice in the face. Yeah. They're going to stop slaves 
from revolting against people with the money. Mm-hmm. Chalk that up as another bad decision by Dalla. Yeah, it's and a guess what? Choice. It's Win Dorvin's job to go tell the Jedi Temple siege leader that that name I said before. Yeah, Beloth Rar Rack Crockrar Crockpot. Crockpot. <laughs> <laughs> Let's turn his helmet upside down. Turns it on. Turn it on high for for three hours. Oh God, that's Whoa. high. Low for six. All right, fine. Uh, what are you cooking? Uh, for nine hours? No, low for, no, low for six or high for three. Oh. Yeah. It's math. Yes. Well, never mind math, Tim. It's right, Wynn Dorman's job to tell this Mandalorian to go kill the slaves that yeah. want to not be slaves, yeah. I guess. We need your rapid response team to head to this unnamed mining colony and do this thing. That's what he's supposed to tell him. Yep. But instead, he lies. Yes, he does. He lies about Dalla's orders when he remembers that, oh, the Mando said anybody that comes out who's not one of the crazies we want is going to get murdered. And Raynar Thul has lunch on the temple steps every day at noon. And a, a whole squadron of Mandalorians outside wouldn't stop him from going to have mm-hmm. lunch. He would hardly notice. He's going to be going out onto the temple steps soon. So he lies and tells the Mandalorian he's not allowed to shoot. And then he runs out the door to go stop Raynar Thull because the Mandalorian says, I'm going to fucking shoot him. Yeah. <laughs> well, you're not going to shoot thanks me. thanks for the heads so, up. Yeah. Now I can aim for the head. I don't like, I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Windorvin runs out the door to go try and save Raynar Thull. And I have all kinds of problems here. Number one, Windorvin lied. Mm-hmm. Not for Raynar Thull. Although that is directly what's happening. He lied because of this building discrepancy between Dulla's decisions mm-hmm. and his morality. Yeah, he's time tried to slow again, walk her there so far. But. Exactly. He's been trying to dial her back, dial her back bit by bit. But time and time again, when we're coming to his perspective, he's going, I don't agree with that. I don't agree with that. He wasn't doing that in the earlier novels when she was being more rational. Yeah. He's never been to the Maw. Nope. So he's like, everything you're doing is shit. And it's bad. It's not good politics. It's poor decision making. It's illogical. It's bad tactics. It's untactful. And I'm going to lie and tell the Mandalorian to not murder the next person who comes out of the Jedi Temple. Mm-hmm. But he lied in the name of Chief of State Dalla. Yeah, it's going to be bad. And that is going to have repercussions. Also, here's a question. Why would the Jedi in the temple, who aren't Raynarthal, stop Raynarthal from going outside? This is assumed as Windorvan runs out the door to go stop him himself from city blocks away on a planet city. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go stop him. Why would you assume that the dozens and dozens, hundred maybe, of other Jedi in the temple would let this guy walk out the door? Unless they're not watching the door. How are you not watching the door when you're under siege? Yeah. So, I mean, like, this is a bit contrived and was forced earlier on in the book, right? 
Mm-hmm. When it was like he went to go meet with Raynard Thole on the steps for lunch, and it was like, why the hell is that happening? Yeah. But it was. And so here comes the payoff for that, where Wynn Dorvin needs to run out the door, lie to a Mandalorian, betray his boss and the chief of state crazy pants, and he's going to go save a Jedi from a doorway. Because that's his responsibility now. And he is so emotionally tied... Yeah. To Rain Earth. It's a it's a it's a stretch. Yeah. But we'll see how it pays it's off. It's gonna be bad for him. It's all in how it pays off, right? Mm. It's a bit of a stretch. I can't believe that he would betray Dala for Raynar Thole. It's definitely because of this accruance of mm-hmm. of negative uh yeah, negative of just... impressions of her decisions, right? Yeah, too too many marks in the no column. But he has. Yep. He has betrayed the chief of state of the Galactic Alliance. One of the only people she thinks that she can trust has now betrayed her. Newsflash. So did the other person. Her boyfriend, Buatu called the Jedi behind her back mm-hmm. and made a secret deal. What do you think Dala's going to do when she finds out everyone she thinks she can trust has betrayed her, all two of them? Yeah, yeah. And she's already sending Mandalorians everywhere for every problem. She's going to snap. The question is, how long can they remain allies? Oh, Pandya. Find out next week when we cover Fate of the Jedi, Book 5, Allies, Chapter 25 <laughs> through 28. I'm Justin. I'm Tim. It's bad. It's so bad. Crazy bad. For any comments and questions, you can hit us up at forevercanonpodcast at gmail.com. Forever Canon Podcast is a Jay Plazer production. Catch us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitch, Twitter, and YouTube at Jay Plazer. Check us out.